and welcome to A Woman's Place. Uh, today, uh, well actually I should introduce myself first. I'm Tina and this is... Hi, I'm Sarka. Sarka, she does a great intro. She's definitely going to work on that now for the next time. <laughs> Hi, Hi, I'm Sarka. Hi, I'm Sarka and I'm here to tell you facts. Facts, 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 facts. All the facts. Um, today I wanted to remember kind of two people actually because um, it came up in the timeline on a women in history actually on uh, on instagram i think it's called women in history or radical women in history i can't remember i'll put it in, in the in a link or something in um in a facebook post or an instagram post but it was um yesterday was the day in the 90s that Sinead o'connor ripped up the picture of the pope oh on snl and actually, I'd never watched her performance and um, I watched it and it was wildly like, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she did this. This was crazily brave. Yeah. Just stood there and she sang with no music to the camera about like Bob Marley's war. Um, and it like the lyrics are like, until the prophecy which one which hold one race superior or another inferior inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned everywhere is war me say and then it was like it goes on about different things and obviously it starts to, when it gets to child abuse she gets more kind of animated you can tell she's very nervous and then she ropes off the picture of the pope and i never heard about what the song that she sang was only ever the pope uh, like that was the controversy but actually when you re watch the video you're like wow Jesus she's a very brave woman like you have to think of Sinead O'Connor in the 90s like she was born in the 1970s in Ireland like the church still had such a grip on Ireland in the 70s and throughout the 80s mm -hmm. and she essentially like I hate to say it she ruined her career by doing that like she absolutely like I know she's still very famous and I know she's still an amazing artist but in the eyes of a lot of especially Americans um, with their waspishness and their Christianity yeah. and even though they don't believe in like they don't believe as the Pope being the, the direct link to, to God they yeah. still do see him like as a, a person to be respected and she like she really very really brave thing to do because you know that's not something you did in the 90s like madness I was I was like but, so sorry it was the third 28 years ago the 3rd of October 1992 Sinead O'Connor tore up a photograph of Pope John Paul II. It's this day in Irish history, sorry, is the Twitter account. Just this day in Irish history. See, there was stuff like, there was stuff coming out in America at that time. And like, by 92, you said, I don't, 94, 92? 92. 92. Uh, I don't think there was a re the reports, the real bad ones were out here yet. I see. But I think they, they were out in America in, in certain places or there were uh, lawsuits going ahead mm -hmm. in certain places in America. Uh, particularly like in Boston and places like that, um, you know, people knew, like, people, they, they might not have talked about it, it might have been hushed up, but like people fucking knew that the church were just moving them around instead of actually dealing with, with these, like they love to call them problem priests. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's not a problem, like it's a fucking epidemic there yeah. everywhere because you're not doing anything about it and you're just yeah. shuffling them from pillar to post. And a lot of them, actually, the American ones in Boston were brought back here to Ireland. Wow. Yeah, to places like Wexford and Sligo, and I, where I'm sure 
they abused more children. Like, there's no way they didn't. Do you know Very what I mean? Well. Yeah. And, and she kind of wanted to stand up and say, like, we're aware that this is happening. And even though you specifically aren't named in any of these allegations, Pope John Paul II, like, it's, it's your it domain. Symbol. It was symbol. Exactly. It was a symbol. It's your domain, like, yeah. you know? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, think of the things that are going around now that people don't stand up and say. Like, I think when we look back in history, we say, oh, why didn't more people people stand up and say something about it and blah, blah, blah. The the things that happens to you when you stand up and tell the truth in during uh, when you're in the moment of them never turn out well for the no, exactly. people, you know, or very rarely do. Do you hear like even now, especially now with all these whistleblowers, like, you know, exactly you there. There was a guy who was he, he worked for Cambridge Analytica and he, he stood up in the parliament in England and he kind of said, like, you know, this is what I know they've been doing and this is what I can prove they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, so brave, so brave, so brave. Within two weeks, he'd like lost his job, lost where he lived, like lost his house, lost everything because he 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 stuck his head above the parapet. Like, yeah. And wow. when you look at look at Chelsea Manning, look at Edward Snowden, yeah. look at look at any of the big whistleblowers in the last 10, 15 years. And you see the same thing. If they're not dead, yeah. then they have been completely removed from the life that they lived before they blew the whistle. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. even here. Like look at look what they did to Morris McCabe. Exactly. Look what the guards did to Morris McCabe, yeah. nailing a rat to his door, accusing him of being a paedophile. You know, like Wild, yeah. Um, that brings us on to I suppose uh, our topic of today, which is Samhain, which is um you know All Hallows Eve they call it, but um, uh they're connected but not the same thing. Yeah. So um Samhain is the Irish for November. And uh, actually, the term, if you were to actually say what Halloween is, it would be Iha Samhain, not Samhain. But um, November is also the month of the All Souls Month, where you pray in Catholicism for your uh, the, the dead to cross over from limbo into heaven or, you know, wherever else, wherever, wherever hell, <laughs> wherever else. Um, and it would be it would have been a time actually during the Catholic Church where they would have been like, here, but uh, if you give me four euro there, I'll um have a word with God. Yeah, thanks to the four, uh, 50 euro. Yeah, I'll fucking straight away I'll write him a letter, email. It was just like a Patreon account set up to the priests. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So it was, selling of, it was called the selling of indulgences. Yeah. And it was extremely common all, all over uh, Europe prior to the Reformation. It was one of Martin Luther's big beefs with the Catholic Church. I have a dream. That's the sale of indulgences. Yeah, and it like I think that it coincides with this time where um, uh, psychedelic mushrooms are plentiful in the environment as well, so that the literal barriers between the worlds kind of come down, and uh, the you know ghosts are allowed. Um, uh, but it's also the end of summer, and it's also the last harvest, so it would have been a special time. But like just to touch on um, the All Souls thing. It, oh, like, what do they, like, oh yeah, so my point was that I imagine at some point, the, you know, there's so many dates that have been taken over by uh, Christianity to be like, oh yeah, actually, no, our thing is on the exact same time, coincidence, oh shit, um, where they would have taken over the month of November, maybe, or that time, uh, uh, because previously to that, people would have had... Uh, rituals around this time like it was it was usurped essentially or um uh, exploited so what are the um what are the foundations of Samhain like what would it have been say 2000 years ago in Ireland 
So the Celts, so like people, people trying to think of Irish and Celtic as interchangeable, mm-hmm. um, and that, and the same would say Scottish and Celtic is interchangeable, and that's not actually that's that's not that's not a fact. Um, like the first people in Ireland uh, came here from the Caspian Steppe, maybe 10, 10, 12,000 years ago, and they set up. You know, they were a Neolithic, um, meg- they were a megalithic people, so they did things like. Cork Cairns, Portal Dolmens, they built Newgrange and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was an old thinking that the Celts came here and invaded Ireland. Um, mm. And that is not what we think now. I think even probably you and I and definitely people older than us would have been taught in school that the Celts came here and invaded Ireland. And actually what it was, was it was more like so many Celts moved here mm-hmm. in big groups, like community groups, family groups, that their culture superseded the culture that was, was here, here previously mm-hmm. um so th- like and when would the celts have arrived the celts would have arrived around four thousand years ago around 2000 bc um and they would have brought with them like iron number one which mm-hmm. is kind of um was the was the big thing at the time you know it was like yeah. the new iphone it was the coolest new thing at the time um and when they came here they would have mingled intermarried and eventually became Irish they, mm. the the megalithic people would have taken and the neolithic people would have would have taken all of the culture and our language from celtic mm-hmm. so um they they didn't have writing they had a really strong oral tradition instead um, and that what was used to pass down kind of their histories and mythologies um and we know that the reason that irish and scottish celtic um traditions are so different is because neither Ireland nor Scotland was ever taken over by the Roman Empire. Yeah. And so when the Ke- when the Romans took over England, um, they deliberately went to Anglesey, which is near Wales, and they it's an island, and that's where the Celts, the, the Druids trained, it's where they lived, it's where they practised. And all of those Druids were either killed or they ran. And most of them would have come to Ireland because it was still kind of a safe haven here for mm-hmm. them. Um, the Celts are a very kind of um the irish celts are kind of are kind of different they because we were so separate we had a totally different way of worshiping a totally different way of learning from from them so the whole idea of Samhain is as you said that it's the end of summer it's um it's the, the last harvest it's the last night before the winter sets in and particularly in places like Ireland and Scotland that are so far north that at in the in the depths of winter it is dark at four o'clock here yeah in in the afternoon and it doesn't get bright until eight o'clock the next morning so the nights are quite long Yeah, what would they be doing like in a in a in a society like that, right? So they have their hardest. What they just like is there like there's no economy. There's no like taxes. What what like what are they doing? They're 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 so the Celts. They're getting food. They're making the harvest, and then they're buckling down for winter. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Or are say, they continuing working? I wouldn't say that. Um, there are winter jobs and there are summer jobs. Yes. Um, okay. And. Particularly in the winter, um, a lot of the, the jobs would have been kind of, you know, around cattle or they would have been around like um, house, house maintenance. Yeah. Because in the summer, you had to, when it was dry, when it was fine, you had to use that time to, um, to, yeah. to succeed. But the way that Celtic society was, was that you had the slaves on the bottom, you had um, a kind of a, I suppose you call them the working class yeah. next. 
And then you would have a small middle class of people maybe who, um, you know, owned cows were their, were their wealth. Like, so mm. maybe they owned more cows than everybody else. And then you had the Aestana, who were the Druids, the poets, the Philly, the, the educated and talented people in the Re, who was the king, in his uh, domain. Ireland was chopped up into dozens and dozens of kingdoms mm -hmm. and these kingdoms were kind of constantly at war with one another yeah. um particularly neighboring kingdoms would have constantly been at war with each other so a lot of the winter would have been spent just getting ready for the next summer because okay. the next summer either you're attacking someone or you're getting attacked yeah but and they're all, like minding the animals as well yeah very... so like, like in 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 farming communities in ireland like you bring in the cows you know you're like cows come in yeah and um, the cows probably would have had yeah the cows probably either they would have been um, encircled in the walls of that person's kind of um, village is the wrong word. Hamlet is probably the right word. Uh, a small, very small kind of walled community where um, the cattle would be kept or else they'd be in the house with them. Yeah. Especially if they were poor, the cattle would probably be in the house with them because that's that's all your money is in that cow. So yes. you're not going to leave it outside. Don't yeah. forget there are wolves in Ireland as well at the time, you know, so you're not, you're not going to be leaving that out. Nice One time we had meal. a calf who used to come into our house and my mother was not happy. And, but he was, he was really smart. He like, he stuck under the fence and like anytime we come in and then he'd come in and he'd be like, hey guys, let me in. He'd be like, come on in. And he'd lie down um, in front of the fire. My mom used to come home from work and be like, or not work, but town, and just be like, ah, because obviously calves shit everywhere yes. and on the carpet and whatever. But he never was. He was a great guest. But That's anyway, good. yeah. <laughs> uh, like we, we're not 100% sure when the Celts began um, celebrating Samhain. But we know that by the first century BC, like by 100 BC, Samhain was a very well established um so two, over 2,000 years ago, it was a very well-established uh, holiday. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easy to track because like everything with the Celts and like everything with Gaelic Ireland, it's in line with the lunar solar calendar. Yes. So Samhain is... And it's going to be a double moon, or a double moon as in blue moon uh, this month, which also, I think it's like, I don't think it's on Halloween, but uh, close enough to it. It's um, Samhain is equidistance between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. And the... The reason that it, it became this, um, the reason that it became such a such a big deal is because they this is the time of year when they thought that the veil between the other world, mm -hmm. um, which is their afterlife and our world. So the Celts don't have a heaven, they don't have a hell, they don't believe in sin. For example, they wouldn't have believed in sin. Like you know, they would have believed like that if you killed somebody. Uh, and you didn't have a good reason that, you know, the gods weren't going to be very happy with you and they, yeah. they may punish you in some form by, you know, making your cows run dry or making your cows be attacked or... And would have fairies been re uh, related to that? Yeah. Like so, gods plus fairies or gods equals fairies kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah. the Celts are the ones who kind of um, started the fairy folklore in Ireland. And so. a re part of a reason for that is because when they arrived... Places like Newgrange had been built already, but Newgrange would not have looked like it looks today. Mm -hmm. um, Newgrange is a... It wasn't a, painted white. Certainly not. No. They didn't have Dulux back in the day. No, they Where they were not. like, we need a bit of weather protection now <laughs> for our stones. Yeah. So um, the passage tombs were built two, two, two to two and a half thousand years before the Celts arrived. Mm -hmm. Or no, sorry, a thousand years before the Celts arrived in Ireland, at least a thousand what years. What were, sorry? 
the the Neolithic tombs like Newgrange. Newgrange, okay. So that predates the Celts. The, yeah, predates the Celts. They were built by the people who lived in Ireland before the Celts. And there are around 90 um passage tombs in the Boyne Valley. So the Boyne Valley was really important to these Neolithic people for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they built 90, over 90 passage tombs. They also built things like, as I said, Court Cairns. Uh, which are burial places, portal dolmens, which are burial places, and stone circles. Okay? I actually didn't realize that. Like I, my my actual old old Irish history is very poor because I I didn't actually know that they were separate. Yeah, uh, people at all. They were totally separate people yeah. with totally separate. We don't have a name for them. Just neolithic. They were just neolithic. People. We know very little about them the um, because they didn't write. They didn't write anything down. Would we know they... that they were really clever. You know, we knew we know that they had great engineering skills. But because... OM at all? So OM isn't them. No, no. no OM so OM not goes them. back. Before no, that. OM is the Celts. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Yeah, OM okay. is the Celts. Um, but these, these. They were um, just living in the now. They were just reading Ram Dass, living in the now, lining up the stones with the stars. We're like, ah, oh, yes, we did it. We did it, lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are 90 of those in in the, the Boyne Valley and they're the biggest collection of megalithic art in Europe, um, which is which is really mad. But basically, when you before they were uncovered um, by archaeologists, they they just looked like funky shaped hills. Mm-hmm. They looked like these kind of weird shaped. They they like the Celts would have known that they did not occur naturally, and their assumption was the fairies built them. Oh wait, so the Neolithic people were gone before the they Celts were came. they were bred out. <laughs> they like by the time the Celts came, no person would have been like, oh yeah, that Billy Bob built that. We'll ask him there why he built it. I have just one question for you. What are those? Okay. They were gone. So that culture had kind of died out and people were just, maybe there was some kind of event that kind of wiped out or... Yeah, we really don't know. So there was just um, kind of people living here who were, who were what, just living? Just just living here. Um, And they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been living in the Boyne Valley. Like they, they would have been maybe gathering and hunting in the Boyne Valley, but I, I don't think that or they're... Or maybe they moved down to the coast kind of thing. Yeah. More to the south um, where it was warmer. And then like say the people in Donegal or the people in Kerry, they wouldn't have had, even have heard of, yes. of the Boyne Valley. They okay. wouldn't have a clue what was going on there at that time. Um, there's no social media at no, this time. This there's was no pre-iPhone. <laughs> there's no post, nothing. Okay, interesting. So the timeline, if I can get it straight now, because, you know, I'm not very good with dates or names or things like you are. So you can you can, you can can mark the test, okay? So there was these Neolithics and they were like, okay, we're going to build all these cool things for the gods. Oh, praise Jesus. But so not there Jesus. was. And, so- then they, and then they were like, something kind of happened where their culture kind of died out. And then the Celts came along and were like, what's the crack like? We have all this cool shit. Yeah, so yeah. what I would say is there were the first ever people to come to Ireland arrived around 10,000 years ago. I see. Okay. And those are those people, the Neos. No. So the first ever people who came to Ireland arrived around 10,000 years ago. And then around 6,000 years ago, a small influx of people, probably from Britain or northern Spain, came to Ireland and they had invent- they, they knew farming. And so they talked to the people who were here beforehand and were like, boys, look what we can do. Yeah. Dig it up, shove a seed in it. It makes food. Unreal. But what were the other people doing? Hunting Just gathering. And gathering. Hunting ah, and gathering. Non-stop okay. hunting so and gathering. So there's no agriculture? No. 
I see, okay. So then these Neolithic people came and they were like, okay, we like the farming. We're going to build some shit. <laughs> Approve, like, what you've done with the place. Literally, yeah. we're going to build some shit. Um, and they built stuff like Newgrange. I see. Okay. And then the Celts would have started arriving, like, in small groups, like, maybe, you know, 50 here, 100 there, 50 over. And then over time, over a long time, maybe around 500 years, the Celts became the dominant culture in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And by that time, there was nobody left who they could say, why is that there? Or why was that built? Or what yes, is that? I see. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then okay. this folklore kind of Baelidus began where they said that the fairies built them. I see. Which is God, kind of. No, no. which are the fairies. Okay. So the Celtic gods are very complex. And I'm not going to get really, really deep into them here because there's a lot of links that we'll put up mm-hmm. um, for books that you can check out. But basically, the 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 Irish, the the Irish kind of tradition, Celtic tradition is um, some of the mainland European gods and some that come from the megalithic and Neolithic inhabitants. They were got all mushed together. So um, Ireland's gods and supernatural figures originate with three races. So there's a there's a legend that six races invaded Ireland one after another after another. And the gods are the one the ones the ones the gods that we still know today that hung around are mainly from the Formians, which are the supernatural enemies of Ireland's first settlers, the fear bullock and the two of the Donna, the people of the goddess of Danu, who uh, are probably the Celts. Yes. Um, So they would be the most popular. We would have the most stuff. We would know the most about them. Yeah. Yeah. So we have like the Morrigan, who would be very kind of well-known around the world, shape-shifting goddess. She's often a crow. She watches all the time. Uh, Baelor of the Evil Eye, who is um, really important in Celtic mythology because he was kind of the evil Mm -hmm. that the goddess Lu killed. Or the god Lu killed. And Lu is where we get Lunasa. It's where we get the kind of the whole festival comes mm-hmm. from him. Then we have um, the Dogda, who is uh, St. Bridget or Bridget, the goddess's father. And he's really important as well. Um, but what we find, as you said earlier, is that a lot of these gods and goddesses and supernatural figures, the Christian church starts to kind of co-opt them and mm-hmm. take them. But the biggest thing for for kind of um, Celtic, the kind of modern Celtic mythology that people think back on is the fairies. Help me find my shadow. 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 And unlike, fairies are very common all around Europe in all European mythology. So they come from, like Carl Jung said, you know, like our single origin story. Like they come from that idea that um, we were all one community once and that community believed in fairies. And so as we spread out across the world, the belief in fairies spread out across the world. But unlike the rest of the world, Irish fairies are not um, particularly nice. Yes. So we there's fairies, you know, like Cinder, like Cinderella and her fairy godmother. That fairy's a nice fairy. I feel like that is much more of a... um a uh, Hollywoodification than anything else though yeah I, I, I don't disagree but even the original story it has a benevolent fairy like she's nice to Cinderella you know mm-hmm. maybe she doesn't get her golden carriage or glass slippers but she's nice to Cinderella right but in the Brothers Grimm is it the Brothers Grimm who wrote the Sleeping Beauty she's a fairy mm-hmm. and she's not a good fairy it's but just that like... kind of in Ireland um, the fairies aren't good or bad 
Okay. They okay. they do good sometimes, not very often. They mostly do bad. Um, and they are there in a way to kind of um to give people their comeuppances in, in certain okay. aspects of the, the stories. They're they're there to kind of punish people who deserve to be punished but can't be for whatever reason. So um with the with the fairies and the kind of other world so there's no heaven there's no hell there's just another world where the fairies live and the idea of you know the 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 monuments in Nowth and Douth and in the Boyne Valley is that those are the hills where the fairies lived underneath those hills okay um and there was essentially our world mirrored down there okay so everything that was on top of the the hill was also under the hill and that's where the fairies lived like um like a reverse world kind of okay the other world is a totally different uh, place the fairies can go there but they don't have to go there if they don't want to um and that's where the dead are okay and the souls of all of the dead and um that that's where you went when you died you, your soul flew out out the west of ireland and under a arch in what we call today bull rock and that's where your soul entered oh, um, cool. the okay. other world now druids always maintained that they could go to the other world whenever they wanted and to do that you'd have to go somewhere and um, like a cave or like the ocean where you could go in one place um and nobody on the outside could see where you were going if that makes mm -hmm. sense it had to be somewhere that was kind of secretive mm -hmm. um so the, the idea of the other world is it's like Tiernan and Og, the Irish legend of Tiernan and Og. It's a place where you're young forever. Everything's everything's brilliant. Everything's fantastic. All your buddies are there. It's fabulous. But they wouldn't have called it like a heaven or a hell. It was just this is where this you go, where when, you go yeah. when you die. Exactly. Yeah. So the fairies in 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 Irish mythology are um are, are they're saucy out like they, they really are, saucy, are. like they're yeah. very saucy. They'd be stealing children. Like they'd be setting people up for tricks, you know. Yeah. But on Samhain, on Halloween night, the idea was that the veil between the other world was so thin that not only could the deceased come back, but the fairies could come back as well. So uh, this other world now, is this the place where the dead are or yes. the, the fairy world underneath? No, so the Just other the world is the place where the dead are. Okay. And the fairies would also come to... Kind of they'd, they'd go out and about that night would yeah, be yeah. the idea. They'd, they'd be <laughs> out, out for a stroll. Uh, they'd be out it's the fine evening. They'd be out yeah. and about, exactly. So that's where like a lot of our kind of modern Samhain Halloween traditions come from is the idea of either guarding yourself or hiding yourself from these fairies. Will, will, where is shadow? Will, will, where is shadow? Will, will, where is shadow? Where can shadow be? Mm -hmm. Um, it would be in Ireland at the end of October, start of November, quite dark mm -hmm. at night. Um, and the there's a, a kind of a long tradition of outing every single fire in the land on that night. And then once dawn breaks, you relight the fires and that is your new, that's your new year. That's mm -hmm. your new Bonfires. harvest. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. your new everything. Um, and it's kind of like they didn't believe in sins but it's like washing away the previous year like whatever happened yeah. the previous years it's done now you know burn this it, is in yeah. burn it literally yeah. yeah it's a new year now so we're going to start again um and part of that is because um they 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 wanted the dead they, they kind of thought that the dead like that night that they kind of had a grand old time on earth again you know? and what's the point of guinness like here sham go on 
No, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. could help them have a grand old time, but you also had to be careful to guard yourself from the fairies and from nefarious spirits as well. Like people who might you might have wronged or people who might have wronged you coming back from the other world to get you. And this is where you get like the tradition of dressing up. So yes, to in, scare away the, to scare them away, protect yeah. exactly. So like um in parts of Ireland it's it's done in lots of different ways. So like you have the Wren boys in Dingle. That's a that's a form of um guising or mumming, they call it. That's in on St. Susan's Day. Though. Yeah, it's a it's a different it's it's just the, the, the dressing up tradition oh, sorry, also okay. comes yeah. out in other festivals. It's not just sowing that people in Ireland used to okay. get dressed up right, for. Right, right, right. But when when people used to dress up, they would take the ashes from the sacred fires and spread them all over their faces. Mm-hmm. And um, they wouldn't have like, you know, a costume or whatever, but they'd try and disguise themselves. Maybe they'd put sticks in their hair or maybe they'd wear a different cloak belonging to somebody else so that a fairy or a, uh, an, an otherworldly spirit wouldn't, wouldn't recognize, recognize them. Precisely. Okay. So that's kind of a, a, a big a big thing um in Ireland and that has certainly transferred into modern Halloween mm-hmm. is that idea of, of dressing up. Um the, the kind of trick-or-treating idea is quite American, but it comes from an Irish tradition. I will just say though, like I don't think that growing up I ever had a sense of Halloween being an Irish thing at all. Like I felt I feel like my mother's true my mother's uh, generation didn't have that but they had like, the... we didn't have that in our we found we found it very american and then it was only later that i discovered that it had connections to ireland there are kind of even now um irish people do traditions that maybe they're not aware of the history of them mm-hmm. but they're still they still go back to to the traditions and i would honestly say that even up to the 1940s, some of these traditions were still being done. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So like, it's not, I would say that in certain parts of Ireland, particularly rural parts and Gaeltocks, these things are still in living memory. Um, They're just becoming more Americanized every year because the children want what the children to see on television and yeah. stuff. Obviously, yeah. you know. And I mean, I think it was such a, like, I was often called pagan growing up. Like, what are you, a pagan? Like, it was a, an insult to yeah. tell people, like, you know, um, they're... Yeah, it's um, it's I think a pu- a big problem in Ireland and and around the world is that we're very disconnected from our culture now. In 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 a lot of ways, and unless you kind of really seek the information out, you're going to have a tough time getting it from you know your parents or getting it from your teachers because they didn't they didn't learn it. So how would they teach it to you? Mm-hmm. But like one one of the things would be in Ireland they would leave food out for their guests. Yeah. Um, I would say up to the nineteen. 19- probably even the 1950s, nobody in Ireland locked their doors. Yeah. In rural areas, people didn't lock their doors. People there didn't was, lock their doors in the, they don't in the, lock 19, them now. In the 1990s. Yeah. Or even now. Yeah. <laughs> in a lot of rural areas, doors are left open at night um, and definitely would have been back then. Um, You know, there was no lighting. There was no way you could light the path up to your house or whatever. So if people saw that your, that your, your fire was lighting or that you had candles in the window and they were passing... And they were thirsty. They'd literally just come to your house and be like, can I have a drink? And you'd yeah. be like, yeah, of course you can. Cup of tea, <laughs> yeah, no bother. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a tradition in Ireland called Bohan Tiachting, which um, which just means going from house to house 
um, a different person's house most nights for a game of cards, a chat, mm-hmm. a dance, a sing, whatever. So your door would have always been open and on Halloween night you had to you had to either leave food in your windowsill for whatever was coming or you would leave a chair empty all night yeah. uh, for the spirit, for the fairy, for whoever it is. Yeah, um, Lisa, I have a, I have an article here with like some rituals that I think would be fun to read out. But yeah, the 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 um continue with the yeah you kind of you you had to make sure the spirits were welcome you know and if the spirits the the fear would be if the spirits weren't welcome that something bad was going to happen to you and the idea of Samhain being the start of the new year is where a lot of his kind of divination properties come from Mm -hmm. so bobbing for apples was originally divination our tradition that i'm sure you remember as a child of barnbrack yes was a form of divination Um, and it's something that the druids were extremely I think we well, should explain the barn brack. So barn brack is a is a special um sweet bread. that you sweet bread that you get around Halloween, and it has a an inside. It has a pea. Okay, it's got a lot. It's got a lot of stuff inside. Um, it depends it on has three things. No, it totally depends on where you are. Oh my god! In West Cork, we only ever had three. Yeah, so it was like a whole ki- like Kinder surprise in the rest of the country. Well, in West Cork, you got three things, which was a pea, um, a ring, or a, a stick. Yeah, and a matchstick. So you the 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 P was that you were going to be a peasant. Yeah. Because you're gonna be hungry. <laughs> gonna be hungry. The ring was for marriage and the stick was for You were gonna get a baton. You were gonna get a baton, yeah. Yeah, you were gonna have yeah. a dispute with someone and you were gonna get a baton. Yeah, so that's what you get. So they they're actually it's such good bread. So, yeah, it's yeah. delicious. What, it's... what what do you what do you have up here? She so has different stuff. We would have missed out. There'd be money always <gasps> in the ones that I ate. Always money? Be, yeah, like a like usually it'd be like a fight okay. Full disclosure here now, my nan made ours. So oh, she okay, was throwing okay. she was throwing all sorts of stuff in there. <laughs> she but was there'd trying. be there'd leftovers. Be, there'd be usually, last Christmas. usually there'd be six things in, in our ones. There'd be uh, the pea, the match, the ring, the coin, a small piece of cloth, and then sometimes there'd be a religious medal in there as well. Oh okay. um so we explained the other three, but the cloth was that you were gonna be poor. Yeah. <laughs> so you two 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 <laughs> chances of being poor with my nan's crack. Yeah, yeah, two chances of being poor. Um, the money was that you were going to get money. This year you'll find a tablet of hydroxychloroquine in it. Oh, God. Hydroxychloroquine. 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 That's hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. I keep talking about hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, the money would be that you're getting money. Um, the religious medal then would be that you're going to be an honorary priest. Oh, unreal. Yeah, of course, because that's what every child wants to find yeah, in their brack, exactly. you know. Okay. Um, but the the barn brack is, is just another form of divination. divination. The bobbing for apples would usually be done by young unmarried people and you'd bob for the apple and then you'd peel, the you'd try to peel the entire apple in one um. Oh my God, we do go, that, yeah. And then you'd throw it over your shoulder and whatever way the land the apple peel landed, whatever letter it resembled, that was going to be your, your love. Oh my god, that is gas. Yeah. Okay. Because um, we use we used to get the apple and we used to peel them. We didn't do that with them though. See, Those this is the fun. Like this is the thing about how the traditions have kind of become, um, 
they've, 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 they've become very different depending on where you are in Ireland, you mm-hmm. know? Like in certain parts of Ireland, they would have never bobbed for apples. Yes. And in other parts of Ireland, they would have never had farm brack, do you know? Yeah. And then as the globalisation kind of happened, and I don't mean like the world, I mean the globalisation of Ireland, as you could get a letter from Dublin to Cork in less than a week, yes. pe- these, they, they started changing the traditions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now with commercial bakeries selling brack, they only put three things in it ever. Yeah. And even then, it's kind of, I haven't seen a lot of brack around the last few years because um, you could choke on it. And they can't take the chance like that. I'm sure Fields Bread still do. Yeah, Fields and Skid probably still do their yeah. old brack, all right. Yeah. But like, you know, carving lanterns is an, is an Irish tradition. Um, mm. We'll definitely put up a picture or two of some carved pumpkin yes. from some carved turnips, which are fucking mm. terrifying. Yeah. They're horrific. That serves the purpose, you know, of scaring, of, of scaring away, away the, spirits. the spirits. Um, and how are these things connected to um Dia de Muertes in uh, Mexico? Because that's very similar in that they, you know, they leave out the food, they put a pit, you know, they put a picture to remember their dead. I think it's more of a, a remembering of the dead rather than they go to the grave sites, they clean the graves, yeah. they kind of have a party sometimes at the grave and things like that. Um, I would say that. Prior to... Um, They're less the, afraid of it. They're more welcoming, I feel, of, now, the, of the spirits. I will say that, um, like, our, the people of the people of Ireland, the Celtic people of Ireland, they, there wasn't all the spirits didn't scare them. You know, they, they, mm. they were looking for their mothers, their fathers, their brothers, their sisters to come back on that night as well. I and see. so that's why they had a kind of a hoo-ha, like a party to be like, welcome, we love you, yeah. etc. But the... the the dressing up um, was a kind of a um, was kind of just a pr- bit of protection, you know. Because it's a mix of it. Your loved ones, right? Still it's like you. it's like the the oh, granny's back again. Yeah. But also, it's the end of the harvest. We're gonna have that celebration. There's also mushrooms around. I'm kind of feeling. We've seen Mickey Joe's been on the hunt. Yeah. Looking for looking for cows in like a south facing field, you know. Um. So. Like there is a few things that are coalescing there. Is that the word? I, I would know. say that the druids originally probably uh, were the were the only ones doing the mushrooms. I would say that the druids were probably the only ones allowed to do the mushrooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that they would they would you know gather maybe at a stone circle or they would gather at an altar of some kind and and they'd they'd have a, they'd have an old they'd have an old mushroom going. Yeah, you know? mushroom, yeah. And then they would tell people like this is what's going to happen to you this year or this is what's going to befall you this year, and then. Um, when Christianity came in, the the whole idea of being, um, you know, like proper and whatever else mm-hmm. didn't really fly in Ireland, like being a proper Christian. So, well, it, it's because it's, of pagan traditions were so strong here. The pagan, the, the druid, the example that you just gave there is a, such an indulgence into the earth and into the other world and rah, rah, rah. And when you think of priests everything about it is cutting off from what is like nature like literally the body cutting off from sexual um you know energy um cutting yourself off from um like having a family um and it's very like restrictive uh it would have been even more so back then like it would have been even more even more unacceptable um and i would say that the druids and the priests you know they fought an ideological battle for a while but the priests won um, they had the money. They had they had they had the money, and they had the kind of weight of two hundred years of it working in Europe mm-hmm. behind them, um, and they had, to be honest with you, for, for the the everyday peasant at the time, 
um, especially with the slaves. I'm just an everyday peasant. Especially with the slaves. The idea that um, that God accepted, the Christian God accepted you no matter where you went, no matter what you did, Jew or Gentile, slave or free man, it was very, very appealing to them. Mm -hmm. And what actually happened, like one of the reasons that Christianity spread so quickly across Europe is because all the peasants started taking it up and eventually the rulers had to take it up as well because the peasants would have revolted against them if they didn't. I see. That's what happened in Rome. It's what happened all over Europe because... And why though? Why? Why did the peasants take it up? Because um, when you look back at like the very, the first origins of Christianity, um, you know, it was, there was a lot of slavery in the world at the time. A yeah. lot of slavery. The Roman Empire was built on slaves, as all empires are in one way or so another. So it gave them some kind of value. It was the idea that as, as long as you are good, as long as you lead a good life and you try hard to, to be a good person or whatever, then... Um, God, God will forgive you. Like God mm. forgives your sins. He forgives everything that you do. No matter what you do, as long as you're sorry, God will forgive you. The Roman gods weren't like that. The Greek I gods see, weren't okay. like that. The Irish gods weren't were like that. Punishing. They were punishing. They were vengeful. And they 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 were going, like they were going to get you. Like if you didn't, not, not obviously, I'm not saying like if you didn't sacrifice a sheep, they were going to get you. But like, if you, they would, the people back then would have believed that like if you didn't honour the gods in the right way, something terrible would befall you. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Old Testament God might be like that, but New Testament Jesus, mm -hmm. he's not like that. He's yeah. all about the love and the and the arms around one another and all the rest of it. And yeah. the idea that being a slave um on earth did not mean that you had to be a slave in the afterlife was extremely appealing to people. Wow, okay. And you could convert without kind of anybody knowing um at the start and then you know, all of the the martyring of all of the, the, the early Christians, like that did nothing but help the cause. Mm -hmm. And so by the time they got here, they had 200 years of, of, of converting pagans in on mainland Europe under their belt. Mm -hmm. And they, they knew what at they the, had to do. At that point, it was an institution. Yeah. Yeah. They knew what they had to do in Ireland to convert people was let them have some of their old yeah. uh, traditions. Like Jesus was not born at Christmas. It's mm -hmm. not possible. He was not. Yeah. He was probably born in March or April. Yeah. And but the the Catholic Church, the, the church was like, oh, we'll we'll use Christmas now, winter solstice. It's a good. Yeah. You know, it's and a nice, the twenty fifth? It lines up really well. Yeah. Um, why the twenty fifth? Probably because there were a million different calendars all over Europe at that time. Yeah. They probably probably was originally the twenty first, and then France started doing it on twenty second, and then England started doing it on the twenty third, and then they just went right not. 25th, everybody, 25th. Yes, so it was just like a standardization. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, Same yeah. thing with Easter. Yeah. Easter had to be standardized because um, they were celebrating at all different times all over Europe. Yeah. Like an Easter coincides with what well, should coincide with Imbolc, but it doesn't anymore because yeah. they, they changed it. But like all of the all of the Christian festivals all coincide with earlier pagan and, and uh, not necessarily Celtic, but definitely pagan festivals. So the coming back to sound then, like I've... um. I'm on a Discord with some girls, and I actually didn't realize they had known about Samhain before. But it, it, it's a, um, but it's uh, I think it's been taken up within uh the Wiccan, the global Wic Wiccan like movement, basically. the world because um which i was surprised about but then i'm like hoping that they're not do you know you just have a fear when americans get their hand on something 
that they're just going to ruin it for everybody, you know, when it is kind of like a, but at the moment it's a kind of a low level thing that, uh, you know, all of this ancient culture is being remembered and practiced. But witches, we'll say for now, um, are um, honoring Samhain and using Samhain as like this special time of year to do uh, rituals, to do cleansings, to do all this stuff again. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of just from the traditional idea that this is the end of the that the end of October is the end of the year mm-hmm. you know especially particularly among people with Wiccans who would follow like the Celtic calendar because you know in other countries like in, in America um like for us like you know the way we break up our months like February is the start of spring mm-hmm. in Ireland it, it's not the start of spring in other countries no. you know um and the rituals that you can do so I'll put this as a link I thought it was really cute and um, I certainly definitely want to host like a little ceremony. But um, a few things you can do for sound rituals are uh, go on a sound nature walk, um, set up a sound altar. Um, oh, sorry. No, I actually did want to get to how Halloween became a holiday in uh, America. So how it was translated into Halloween and what we understand to be Halloween today. So it was the... Yeah, so... Just before that point, I sh- we should just point out that this kind of um, modern day association of Samhain with um, spirits and with the veil between the worlds being very thin uh, was 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 partially kind of lost really mm-hmm. until um, just after the famine in Ireland. So just after the famine. Um, because there was over a million people died and over a million people emigrated, there was a, a great looking back at what were we like before the Brits were here? Mm. What was our culture before the British arrived? And kind of who, people who spearheaded that movement would have been people like Douglas de Hida, Douglas so Cal- Hyde, one the, of our... The, the Celtic Revival was yeah. kind of responsible for that. Precisely. See, okay. So the, the Celtic Revival with uh, Douglas Hyde, W.B. Yeats, uh, Lady Gregory, they were really interested in seances, communicating with the spirits. Yeats going... was a, such an occult. Yes, like... very much so. And it was quite popular at that time anyway. Okay. Around the world, seances and all that kind of stuff. Or in the Western world would have been very, very popular. But in Ireland in particular, it was a time when um, very educated people started looking back and going, what was our life like mm-hmm. before the British arrived? And the same way that the the Black Death caused Europeans to look back and that caused the Renaissance, the famine caused Irish intellectuals to look back and that caused the Celtic revival. Mm-hmm. And with it, you know, 1916 and, and the revival of, of all our cultural games and, mm-hmm. and the Irish language in general. So there was that. That's one kind of element of the of the modern Halloween. Yeah. Another element of modern Halloween would have been the huge influx of Irish and Scottish and Ulster Scots immigrants into America after the, before, during and after the famine. And they would have brought the idea of Samhain with them, but it would have been more of a kind of a get-together time. Mm-hmm. Yes, they would have had Baron Brack. Yes, they would have bobbed for apples. Yes, they would have carved lanterns. But it, wouldn't, it wasn't a festival. It wasn't a parade. Yeah. It was something that was done in small communities, small immigrant communities in people's houses, you know? Um, and then we have the kind of the American twist on it. And the American twist comes from a woman called Elizabeth Krebs. Elizabeth Krebs lived in Hithawa, Kansas. Hithawa. Hithawa. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hithawa, Kansas in 1911. And she was kind of, um, she's the president of the local garden club. And she's definitely somebody who would have been like on the community watch text list yes, in yes, Ireland, yes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
<laughs> she'd be in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, 100%. She would be on it talking about like, she'd, be, she'd be up with the residents and UCC organising like something to be done. Petitions, signing petitions there now. We're going to get on to the minister. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so she she lived in, in, in Kansas and the children, the teenagers in Kansas were being very bold at this time. Mm-hmm. They were teepeeing houses. They were cow tipping. They were shoving over outhouses. Okay. Um, point of clarification. What is a cow tip? Oh, cow tipping is where you sneak up on a sleepy cow and you, <laughs> <laughs> and you tip it. And you tip it over. Um, and this causes great consternation among all of the cows, obviously. They're not happy. No. About being tipped over. They were standing yeah. and now they're on the side. And I don't know if you know cows very well. But they don't lie down that often. No. Because like it's quite awkward. Like, and it takes it's a lot of effort trying to get up. And it's you're a heavy animal. Like being knocked over onto your stomach that has to be sore. Yes. Poor cow. They'd be TPing, they'd be egging houses doing graffiti, wrecking kind of, just just being general miscreants, you know? And Elizabeth Krebs woke up on the 1st of November and she was like, my gaff is wrecked. My gaff after is wrecking wrecked. my garden, after wrecking my neighbour's garden, fuck this. So the next year she um she tried to organise like a kind of a, a, a party in her house for the children. She had, you know, bowls of sweets like trick-or-treating. Yeah. She had kind of um decorations like with the orange and black and um, but it wouldn't have been like you know spooky scary skeletons at this stage mm. um and a couple of people a couple of kids did come but the community still kind of got a bit wrecked so the next year then she was like oh i'm going all out and she went to the police to the fire brigade to the mayor and she got permits after permit and she had a street party and because there were so many people around and because the street was so alive, there was very, very little vandalism. Mm. And so she decided, let's keep this going. Mm. And people all across America began to do the same thing. Um, some of them definitely for the reasons of vandalism and some of them just because they were like, hey, excuse for a party. This is why fun. not? Yeah. Um, and that's where the kind of modern like trick or treating going around to people's houses is is has it's kind of um getting sweets and stuff has 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 happened in america now that's a very irish thing as well as i said like bohantiating going around to people's houses but also like there's a tradition in still in parts of ireland today of um around saint bridget's day and mm-hmm. um, getting a breed og which is like a little doll that you've dressed up like saint bridget and you go around to people's houses and they give you money mm. um we've loads of those yeah we've we loads of them we love going yeah. around getting money yeah we love it Yeah. yeah, and so I think that that little that tradition, and then the American tradition of like loving sweets and stuff, is kind of pushed the two together, and yeah. it became trick or treating. Then I see. Okay. And the last one then that I wanted to mention is the um the jack o' lanterns. Yes. So, the only reason why we carve turnips or why we carve pumpkins is because they're easy to carve. Yes. It's nothing particularly spooky, and and obviously they're, and they're ripe, very good. They're looking. ripe. They're ripe around the season, yeah. you know. But yeah. it's it's not like that. They ha- the pumpkin in particular has a particular um has a story behind it. Yeah. The story is actually behind the turnip. Yes. So, um, they were they were carved in order to scare unwelcome guests, both living and dead. The original jack o' lantern referred to a natural phenomenon of I'm going to probably butcher this pronunciation now, even though I did Latin. Igneous foutus, which is foolish fire in Latin. And they are, Ireland's full of bogs, as we know, full of bogs and marshes. And they are a type of kind of uh, a light trick, a trick of the light that appear over 
bogs in certain um certain places and it's basically like um like the aurora borealis but really small and only <laughs> over a bog right and through a turnip and no 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 okay so they these these kind of um lights are were explained away by this guy Jack O the Lantern, Jack of the Lantern. Okay. That that the lights were caused by Jack of the Lantern with his lantern in the bog. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. And Jack of the Lantern is a sly alcoholic known for his deceitful nature who tricks the devil. Sure, I met him in the pub last night. Yeah. So he tricks the devil. The devil comes for him one night and says, Jack, it's your time to die. And Jack is like, nah, don't fancy that. Nah. So can I have another drink? Please, please, please. So the devil takes him to a pub. They have a drink. And he says to the devil, sure, I can't go with you. We have to pay the barman. Transform yourself into a coin, devil, and we'll pay the barman with your silver coin. So the devil does that. Jack shoves him into his, grabs the coin, shoves it into his pocket beside a crucifix, which the devil obviously can't, can't, uh, can't get past. Mm-hmm. So he lives in Jack's pocket for 10 years. Eventually he escapes and he's like, oh, I'm going to get you, Jack. So he goes back for Jack again and Jack says, oh, could I just have an apple, please? Look, I just want an apple before I die, please. So he's the devil says, fine, go pick an apple. While he's picking the apple, he quickly gets two sticks, makes them into a crucifix and traps the devil again. The devil is ha- has a yeah. serious weak spot. Yeah, he does. Jesus, bit of stick thrown together and you can get the devil. Unreal. Yeah. Good so to he know. says to the devil, um, if I let you out, you can never come for me again. And the devil goes, grand, fine, let me out. So eventually, Jack, years and years later, Jack dies. Mm -hmm. uh, A natural death of old age. And he goes up in front of St. Peter. And St. Peter's like, you're not coming in here, boy. You're a terrible person. No way are you coming in here. So St. Peter calls the devil and says, you have to take this fellow to hell. And the devil goes, I'm not taking him to hell. He's after tricking me. No way, I'm not bringing him down to hell. No, it's not happening. I, I I am sentencing you to wander the earth forever. With okay. only a carved lantern to light your way. So mm-hmm. that's where the carving of the root vegetables like turnips comes from. That Jack, uh, he, the devil, to, to light Jack's way, the devil gives Jack a piece of hellfire, which is, will never go out, mm-hmm. but will never provide much light either. Mm. And the idea is that um, Jack now wanders the bogs and marshes of Ireland with this lantern looking for people um, and looking for drink and looking for whatever else he can get. And that's what causes the igneous fauces, the foolish fire. And that's where the idea of carving lanterns comes from. That's that cool. Jack was sent by the devil. Therefore, he's scary. Therefore, his lamp, the turnip, carved turnip, is also scary. Yeah. And when we put those in our windows, um, you know, they won't be able to, no one, no bad spirits will be able to come and get us. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and that's kind of transformed itself into the pumpkin. Yes. So... There's a lot, like, there's a lot of folklore behind, and I'm sure, you know, somebody who is um, more versed in folklore than I would be able to give an even better, be able to point out even more similarities mm-hmm. between the things that we do and, and the folklore behind them. But that's, that's the folklore behind um, Carbon Turner. Carbon Pumpkin. Carbon the Pumpkin. Getting so confused. Yeah, that's cool. I like that story. Um, the, the other things that, uh, the kind of rituals that you can do I'll put a link on them but 